like hours just scrolling through Netflix and other streaming services just looking for something Uh to watch but like we had content you know what I mean we had sports and we had other live stuff going on and other other shit going on you know what I mean um, yeah. But now you're like, shit, now I have to find something to watch. And yeah, then yeah. And then you, yeah, and, and now you're stuck in that everlasting loop of trying to find something to watch. And now you have to find something to you, watch. Yeah. It's not like you can just be like, you know what? I'm going to give up. You know, I'm going to just go out. I'm going to go out, go, you know, grab a beer or something or, you know, do something outside. Like, no, like you have to fucking find something now. And good luck. You know? Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's it's wild. It's a wild world in streaming. Like uh It is wild. It? I started I started watching documentaries. <laughs> that's the hardest ones to pick, honestly. Like it, it really I don't is. like documentaries, but the, that's the hardest one to pick because once you start watching it, you kind of depending on the length, you get invested into it. And if yeah. it's not good, you're like shit, man. I already invested this time in it. Let me just finish this shit and see where everything leads. It's a it, yes, it's a hit exactly. or miss. And I've like I've been I've noticed that uh, Netflix ratings also aren't really that accurate or that kind of. They aren't good like, anymore. It's it's the algorithm, dude. Like the algorithms, like here's like twenty shows you've already seen suggested because you watched a show you already watched. So it's like it's especially fucked up for those who you know, like those people who watch The Office all the time. Oh my god, tell me about it. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sick and tired of the office. I'm tired of hearing about the office. Yeah, me Stop too. It. Me too. Like, like it's, it's like I get it, but let's move on with our lives, guys. Yeah, like, <laughs> but then it. it's, it's like, like, oh, people are just yeah. like always like bringing up passions. Like, okay, I get it, dude. Like, what else are you? There's new shit. Like, for example, like great time. Talk about it. The boys, for instance, on Amazon. Yes. Like, yes. I, <laughs> I sat down all right to watch the boys um, the other day because, and I asked my wife. Um, and I asked my sister who was uh, staying over with us, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, you guys want to watch The Boys, man? Like, you know, because in the first couple of minutes of the show, this guy called A-Train fucking runs into, a, yeah. the, um, uh, you know, this chick and completely, like, explodes her. Like, runs through her because um, yeah. he's like the Flash. So, he completely burst, right, into meat pieces, which is great. Um, So, like, I was like, shit, I'm in after that. I, after I saw that, I was in. Um, yeah, because yeah. it's like it's good gore yeah. on top of that, yeah. right? Yeah, because like, the idea the idea is yes. cool enough on its own. Yes, but then like yeah, but then you get the gore on because you don't have to show it, but then because you understood what happened, you know what I mean? But yes. then you got the gore and then the, the guy holding onto the hands. So yeah, like that's so good. Yeah, dude. so I was yeah. I was in the minute that I was like, dude, I am in, and then it's Carl Urban, you know, aka Judge yeah. Dredd. Um, so like I'm down, I'm down one hundred percent. What also. They were like, oh, I don't want to see. I don't want to see. I'm like, all right, it's your law. So fuck it. I was like, you know what? You guys can watch whatever. <laughs> you guys can watch your Tiger King shit. 
right? Because they were fucking, you know, binging Tiger King and shit. And I was like, oh, whatever. I'm going to go watch shit on my phone. And instead of watching The Office or something I've never seen, I mean, uh, uh, watching the Tiger sorry, King uh, shit, or something right? uh, like like the Tiger King shit that everyone's watching or something I've seen before, like reruns of the fucking office that they give on TV anyway. You don't even have to have Netflix for that shit. If you go to Comedy Central, it's on there all the time. Um, I was like, fuck it. Let me see, you know, what uh, this Amazon show has to offer, you know, so supporting the streaming, you know, services because that, because now that's what we have to do, you know. <laughs> no shit, um, like, yeah. that, that's another thing. Like, you would never, like, Amazon Prime is probably the least important on the streaming services now. Yeah. But then, like, it, with nothing else, you're like, well, fuck. Yes, 100%. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, because Amazon Prime has to contend with Hulu and Netflix. Um, yeah. and, uh, and it loses. And it loses, it loses all the time um, because of the content. It's a content yeah. thing, especially with shows. They're getting better with movies, but it's still kind of lagging behind. But luckily, I subscribe to a whole bunch of them, and I use all of them. Um, but but The Boys, The Boys is fucking great. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it thoroughly. Um, I can't wait for season two, which I heard is uh, it's in the works, and um, it should be coming out hopefully sometime next year, maybe. Depending on how everything goes, I, I think it was supposed to come out. Yeah, it was. They had a trailer, and uh, it was it was more like a, I think it was twenty twenty one. So I think you know, and okay, besides good. with Rona delays, I'm yeah, pretty sure that's great. you know. So I can't it's wait. just like whenever it comes out, I'm down. Yeah. Um, um, what do you think of the the plane scene? The plane scene is probably where like. You know, before I was in, but then after the the plane scene, I was like in in. You oh, know, with that Homelander switch? and Queen Mavia. Yes, yes. Went to supposedly save the fucking plane. Yes, uh, the hostage yes. crisis, right? Whatever, right? Yeah. Yes, it was awesome. That was great, dude. Like that's <laughs> that's where that in me. You know, when you're watching a, a particular TV show and. At one point, you're like, "Damn it! Like, I'm in now. I gotta watch the rest of this, like, right now." Yeah, but that one was <laughs> that one's the clincher right there, right? Because that was yeah, like that one for me, where I was like, "Fuck, okay, I gotta, I gotta watch the next one. I gotta do it." What episode was that? Because I feel that was like deeper into the it season. was, it was like midway. It was like episode four, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, because it was after the whole um, Baltimore mayor guy went down. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which was also a scene where you're like, holy shit, you know? And then yeah. um, it was cool to see all the different characters, right? They have a bunch of different characters, a bunch of different personalities. And it's great because it feels like a comic, right? Yeah. Um, like, just the stories and the people, like, they know they're in a comic booky show or a comic book-esque kind of scenario. And they play to that. So the, they're not mm-hmm. they're not terrible at their jobs, but they're and they're not over the top. They it's just right. It has the right amount of of dramatics behind all of them. Um, and I felt that um, all the little side characters too were just kind of very well done and very fleshed out too. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's crazy because it's like it it's meta, but it's not meta. Yes, it's it's like our like it's basically like the MCU. Like if the MCU was a real in real world thing. And they treated it as such, where it's like, you know, these people know it's all kind of... Like, it's like our the celebrities we get out of the MCU, yeah. you know, where it's like, we have our Chris Evans and stuff like that, where we're like, you know, we... You, to them, like, they all kind of play it up. You know, they, they play up the fact that they're part of this huge corporation and all that stuff. And, you know, but then, you know, who knows how they are behind your know, closed doors. And it's kind of like that. Yeah. It gives you that kind of vibe. And and you're right. Everyone kind of plays into that in the show where it's like uh, the acting where it's like they they all toe that line perfectly of like, yeah, we know we're this is goofy, but it's also like. This is also a serious way we're doing it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I guess there's no better example than, like, as you mentioned, Carl Urban. 
yeah. who like who who's kind of like the perfect anchor to everything. He's he's incredible. He's incredible in the show. Yeah, he is, like, uh, and he's such a, a he's he's a hundred percent a comic character. He has the one liners. Oh, yeah. you know he he's always he has that grizzled look that you know he looks he looks like a like a Wolverine X kind of character that that yeah. you would see in all these indie comics. Um, a very a Sin City s looking kind of design to him, giving him that kind of badass Stone Cold Steve Austin kind of thing. And yeah, he, he's he he's dope. the guy who's he's the guy who's seen some shit in all these all any comic book you can probably think of. There's always the guy who's seen the shit. You know, Yo, and he's that guy. Heck of a fucking ending, though, right? Like, heck of a story oh, yeah. at, at, at old fucking turned out. Like, I'm not going to spoil anything, but that's, like, it was well-written. Um, The show was captivating, you know? It was captivating, yes. and it was well-paced. Um, I didn't feel that there was, like, a lot of fluff in it, because even in a comic book show, like Daredevil, for say, is a good example, you have, like, a several filler episodes that yeah. don't even add to anything. It's just showing you what happened in the past. Um, They were able to... Uh, I mean, this one to kind of interweave, you know, uh, past and present properly and do good flashbacks and stuff like that um, to get you kind of acclimated with everything going on and the craziness of the whole environment. Um, yeah. Do you, do you ever see uh, Umbrella Academy? No, I, I, you know, what's funny? I started to watch that, but then I stopped for a second. I, I forgot I, something kind of threw me off at first. I forgot what it was. I get, it. Uh, I get it. Yeah, but then I was like, you know what? Let me stop this and let me check out the boys because I, I started watching the boys and I stopped because I was passing out. I was like, <laughs> this time around, I got you. Uh, yeah, like that's that's what it, uh, the boys was to me. Like when I started it, I was like watching one and then I would take like a day or two and then I'd watch another one. But like that's when I saw that fourth episode. I was like, all right, I got to finish this then. Yeah, it. um, <laughs> it's cool. Like one interesting fun character was uh, uh, the deep. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah dude. absolutely. Like that's a good example of how it's it's definitely a comic book goofy kind of angle and character, right? But then it still kind of works in this live action tone that they have um in this um yeah because they ground him by making him super creepy like yeah. he's one of like he's he does he does some gross shit yeah he where does it's like he, he does that shit where it's like oh oh dude that rescue you? that rescue from the aquarium that was great yeah. I, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's it's kind of that. Like, but that story in particular, it's crazy, right? Where it's like he, oh, that fucking dolphin. He's, he's <laughs> such a scumbag, but then he's on this like he, the rest of the his arc this season is like you're kind of not rooting for him, but just kind of like yeah, because you know, he's like he's rock bottom, dude, and he's just yeah. trying to like fucking actually do like some good in the world. <laughs> yeah, like he. He deserves where he, he he's at because he's a scumbag. But it's like at the same time, it's kind of like yeah. shit, man. <laughs> like he's he's trying to make something out of himself, and he just like the world keeps fucking stepping on him. It, it's crazy. Like, but that that's how good the show is. Yeah. Oh, and uh, they tease that season two is gonna have more of like the Batman guy noir. Oh. Or with, what, black noir, yeah, black or whatever. noir, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, the yeah. characters, uh, characters are all dope. Um, it reminds me a lot of that comic book Powers. I know you've read Powers before, right? Yeah, um, Powers is great. Yeah, yeah, that it's like that. It has it has that same tone of the, of the of that comic book. It's funny, it's violent, it's entertaining, but it's well written. You know what I mean? So did um, you did you watch that show? Unfortunately, um, I did watch like several episodes before I just had to stop. It was on uh, on the PlayStation uh, streaming service, um, yeah. and, and that's 
That was mistake number one. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why I, I never saw it. Yeah. Because it was like, yeah. you had to turn on your PlayStation to like, this was before the streaming. Well, no. Is it before the streaming apps? I don't remember. No, it was like, kind of there, but it was early on a little right, bit. Okay. It was it was at least three, four years ago. But then a second mistake was casting Charlotte Coplay as um as uh, uh, the protagonist. Trust me, I'm a Shalto fucking. I, I I root for Shalto all the time. He's a great fucking actor. He has great range. Um, but in this kind of role, he was out. He was completely out outmatched yeah, he, by the character that yeah, was written. He, for him. He's a he's a very like specific type of character actor. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> it, you cast him to be like a very specific type of person. Yeah, and it yeah. wasn't like this guy because in the comic books, um, the guy he looks like uh. A Mr. Incredible. He, he had the same shape as Mr. Incredible, pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, because he was a superhero. Um, and that was his thing. Um, but, like, they didn't write that well. The only character that actually was decent was um, the Dina Pilgrim character, which is um, the partner of the protagonist. Um, but mm-hmm. other than that, welcome, folks, to episode 30 <laughs> <laughs> of um, of The Morgue, the official Course Feed podcast. And with me always is my awesome producer, Nick Valdez of comicbook.com. Uh, howdy, everybody. Howdy, Tex. And I am Arturo Padilla, the guy behind the face. And uh, welcome to this conversation. We were just talking about streaming services and all the shit you get to see on streaming now because you have nothing but time. So yes. we are here to kind of talk about shit we've seen, man. <laughs> so, Arturo, yeah. uh, Universal, their last movie in like the digital lineup was Trolls World Tour. Have you have you seen it? You have kids. Yeah, dude. I got two beautiful children. And I actually had my tickets to see that in theaters. Oh, opening RIP. Day. I know, RIP. man. Now, yeah. It was going to be a 7 p.m. showing. I was going to pick up the wife from work. We were going to head to the theater and have a little family fun night. But, uh, you know, that Rona hit. And um, here we are watching it on fucking, uh, you know, on TV at home. Uh-huh. And I saw it. Um, it was it was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. Um, okay. They definitely trashed Rock because Rock, you know, is the antagonist. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> so the whole point of the movie is that they finally um, they finally tell the story of all the other uh, all the other different trolls. Right? There's mm-hmm. there's pop trolls. There's rock trolls. Um, there's classical trolls. There's country trolls. There's uh, techno trolls. And then there is uh, funk slash hip hop slash R&B trolls, right? So they all lived in harmony at one point. And then, you know, the strings, they couldn't stand each other's music after a certain while. And they had to split up this harp that held the strings. And they all went their own separate ways and created their own little villages and didn't tell a story of the fact that there are other trolls in the world. Um, So the rock... Um, troll queen, right? This queen barb chick. She's trying to like get everybody into rock and unite the trolls under rock. So she's going around fucking, <laughs> you know, burning down villages, legit burning down villages, pillaging, uh, kidnapping all the all the trolls from that village to turn them into rock zombies, right? And then, you know, she's stealing all their fucking strings and all their music. And I was like, oh man, rock's getting a fucking bad rap. Yo, no shit, right? Fucking big time, dude. Um, (laughs) But uh, um, it gets uh, turned upside down 
near the ending of the movie. I'm just going to spoil it because fuck it. It's a kid's movie. Um, yeah, it's Trolls World Tour. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess so, spoilers for Trolls 2. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <but> it turns <laughs> out, what turns out that actually happened was that the pop trolls were the ones that were controlling the harp. And Ooh. they didn't want to give the other um, music styles a chance because you know pop is the best. So they wow. all they all like started fighting, and then eventually pop was the one that broke the harp, and um, everyone had to grab their string and kind of you know get the fuck out of there. Um, wow, that's <laughs> fucked up, dude. After that first movie, you know, you yeah. you, you fall in love with these pop trolls, fucking pop then... trolls. I'm just glad rock and roll got redeemed. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I call that a successful ending because we blame Pop again. So that's always great. Yo, no shit, right? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that, um, that's, that, that's, yeah. that was pretty much it. I like the music from part one better than part two. But uh, it was a fun little movie. The kids loved it. Uh, my son is just fucking walking around with like uh, you know, a little guitar. Rock and roll, rock and roll. Because, <laughs> because Ozzy Osbourne plays you know the, um, the father of the queen. And he's like in a wheelchair being Aussie and shit. It's great. Hell yeah. That's dope. Yeah, was, okay. Yeah. You so know what, rock got redeemed. It was cool. It did its job. That's good. It did do its yeah. job. It really did do its job. <laughs> um, and one thing we have to sp- uh, speak about real quick um, is the fact that, uh, you know, this, this can lead to the release of this movie on digital at home can lead yes. to um, new possibilities. If Hollywood wants, they've shown that they are willing and can and are able to put to put movies directly um into into streaming platforms you know fuck you hollywood all these years yeah cause, all these cause years you guys were fucking like oh no that's not possible and then yeah. you would need your own little streaming box that way you don't share the movies and blah 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 and now all of a sudden in the span of a week when the whole you know shutdown happened the fucking movies were there a week later so yeah like it's it's crazy that universe like it's wild that universal is the only one to do that you know, the, the only company to, yeah. like, just go for it. Because, like, you know, there's clearly, like you said, there's clearly money there. World Tour was, like, uh, broke records for, like, its digital opening yeah. weekend. Yeah, so Universal and, also, I was reading that because of the money um, they spent on marketing um, and the push of the movie, they were like, fuck it. Let's just fucking do it already because we, you know, did all this advertising and all this marketing and all, all this promotion mm-hmm. and... um we might as well just fucking go for it. Um, and I guess it worked out. Um, I think it, um, they were comparing it to it grossing more than the Avengers or something like that when, it, when the Avengers first hit um, home video. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, so it, I think yeah. it made something over like $30 Because according to that, the Avengers in the first week made $30 million in home video sales. Yeah, like it's it's like uh you know you can do you can do both you know I'm sure if you release a movie in a theater like it people are still gonna go to the theaters like the home release is just for those who just don't want to go to the theater again and who want to just check it out at home yeah you know like like you can uh, I'm pretty sure Disney out of all the companies who can do this you know they can go here's Black Widow like in theaters whenever it comes out or whatever they like shifted the whole slate. But like, if they're like, "Here's Black Widow," but also here you can buy the or you can rent the digital copy of Black Widow and check it out at home, I'd be like, "Hell yeah!" Like, what? I guess it's like piracy or some shit. But like, there's always piracy. There's always like, gonna be piracy. Yeah, um, like if not, it's just gonna be someone recording it. In yeah, the exactly. <laughs> like uh, uh, me, for instance. Like I'm a big theater guy, so like 
I will hit the theater for any kind of movie, um, especially if it's still if it's still working with this A list thing, because because I heard AMC is is filing yeah. for bankruptcy. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious as to how that's going to work out because I was definitely taking full advantage of that A list ship. But um, but like me personally, I will go to theaters to watch movies. But um, I was listening to Jason Blum, the the guy behind you know Blumhouse Productions. Obviously, he was on a podcast. And he was saying one idea that could be floated around is have the movie released in theaters for the first two weeks and then after that you know because obviously the people who are gonna want to watch it in theaters will have watched it in the first two weeks um right so yeah. after that it can go straight to vod and, and then you can wrap up anybody who doesn't want to go out to the theater to watch the movie instead they want to stay at home and that way you can get the other you know you know um uh, uh profits coming in so i think it's a good idea yeah, that's not a bad idea at all. Especially, uh, I mean, Blumhouse would probably benefit the most out of this, especially because you know they, you know, they have like they're the only ones who still have like middle budget movies. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those small little like, budget movies for sure will will recoup that money easily to the VOD. Shit. Yeah, like like Fantasy Island. You know, it would have been in theaters for two weeks, and then like, oh, here it is on VOD now. Well, don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> We don't support that one. And apparently on VOD, there's a director's edition, like a director's cut. And I'm yeah, like, it was like an alternate ending. I'm like, what shit, the right? fuck is this shit? So you are telling me you gave me shit and there's more shit you didn't give me. Um, yeah, it's like I director's cuts are tough. Like it's, you know, like, you know, one of the biggest ones that's still getting talked about is like it, the Zack Snyder Justice League shit. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, <laughs> where it's like, what do you think a director's cut's going to do? Like, do you think it's going to make it a completely different movie? Like, come on. What's funny, like, though, um, there was um, a director's cut for um, uh, Batman vs. Superman, right? That actually explains the original cut and the stupid shit they did in the original cut. You remember how Superman was put on trial because like, he was on, like in Africa and supposedly just killed people in a village and shit, right? Mm-hmm. So in the, in the actual director's cut, they show how, you know... Uh, Luther and his people went out to find this woman to lie and on the stand about Superman because you're when you watch it you're like um what just happened how are we like on this trial now all of a sudden and who are these people you know and the director's cut explained a bunch of that shit believe it or not which is stupid because the movie was already long enough so you're telling me yeah. you have to add another 30 minutes to an hour to the movie to explain the stupid shit you did in the in the shorter version of it well, fuck that right and that's that's the problem with like director's cuts can easily go south. Like it's th- there's a there's a difference between like a there's a difference between getting a vision like interrupted, you know, like through editing, and there's one that's like you know, if it can't survive the editing process, then it just wasn't good to begin with. I like to refer to Doctor Sleep. Yeah, Doctor Sleep director's cut. I saw that and it was three hours, right? Incredibly long. But at the same time, I was like, I like the extra stuff, but it's also, you know, it's not necessary. It's just like, this is cool extra stuff that he, like, Flanagan wishes were included, but was like, no, the edit works. And the the, the, the original theatrical cut works. And that's, that's what you want out of a director's cut. Yeah. Not like something that's going to be like, oh, 
here's all this stuff that you wish was in the movie that makes it better. Like, I don't know. It's it's tough to explain. I, I, you know how what, do you though? feel, Arturo? Like, um, that's a great example. Perfect example there. Mike Flanagan, right? You just said he made um, A Doctor's Sleep, a director's cut, which A Doctor's Sleep originally is over two hours to begin with. It's, a, it's also, mm-hmm. what, it's close to two hours and a half, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he added an, an extra 30 minutes to it. Um, and he kind of admits that, oh, no, it's, you know, it's good without the extra fluff on it. But this is how good this Mike Flanagan dude is, man. So his feature that you can watch on Netflix called Hush, um, yes. it clocks in at about an hour and 26 minutes, right? Yeah, it's it's super tight. And it's kind of like, I I don't even remember it being that short. Like, that's the crazy thing, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Because it feels like there's a lot of movie there like it, yeah. it feels like there's a lot of story being told within that hour and uh and 26 minutes um uh, or uh, i'm sorry i think it's an hour and 21 minutes so it's it, yeah it's, it's just, even shorter yeah, it, than it's that. a little yeah. over 80 minutes right so um which is wild so yeah like when you include credits and stuff yes. then it's even less than that yeah like, so this is the conversation for today hush we are talking about a movie from Mike Flanagan, who, as we said, is the kind of director who is able to handle, like, you know, we gush here all the time about uh, about Mike Flanagan and all his works and stuff like that. Um, but this is a perfect example of um, the complete extremes, I think, in terms of the genre, you know, yeah. where um, yeah. in Hush, you have a slasher movie. And in Doctor Sleep, you have this paranormal kind of thriller. But it's all well written and everything usually in, in my flanagan vehicles everything between minute zero and the last minute of the of the film is usually pretty like needed um he he does a good job of filling that whole entire time with everything you need to know and that's why mm-hmm. hush i think is just so good um on top of it just being in one setting which is also like if you think about it these days like a lot of horror movies don't do that anymore. Like, um, only the ones that just deal with maybe a haunted house, maybe. And even then, they'll do flashbacks with other fucking, you know, settings and locations and stuff like that. But this movie mm-hmm. takes place in this one fucking house in this forest. You know that there are there are surrounding neighbors based on the storytelling. He doesn't have to show you that, you know. But you are aware, oh, okay, cool. There's a neighbor over there. And they must be pretty far since she has to walk all this path and blah, blah. So you get a good spatial awareness just based on like on the shots they give you and just on the way he's telling the story. Um, so if you guys don't know, Hush um, is the story of a woman who went deaf because uh, she caught a case of bacterial meningitis when she was 13. Um, mm-hmm. So sh- she's been deaf since she was 13 and she became a writer and she has this kind of special writer's mind as she calls it um, where she can deduce a lot of different endings um, which in turn can help her write her stuff better. So only thing that I have a personal problem with is why this person being deaf and, and having a clear handicap move to the fucking forest though like that's my thing with this movie only it's like you clearly know that you might need some assistance in terms of your environment like for instance her fire alarm her fire alarm is this loud fucking huge beacon that has to be that loud just because she has to feel the vibrations right that in turn it's like how are you living in the woods they don't really get too much into that other than that other than she was living in the city and she moved out into the, you know, into the the rural area, you know, to get away from the city and the noise. And, but I'm, yeah, like you, you get a sense that she was like overwhelmed, but like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe like a breakup or like it, it, 
I, I think that's what the implication was. Yeah, that, that Craig guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And you, I, it, that's the thing, right? Like, it's, she's differently abled, yeah, but it's like, would you, it's it's tough to say, would you question another character doing the same thing? Like, it's basically like, th- this is... Me, a, personally, I would I would question anyone who wants to live, like, in, yeah. in the middle of the forest, <laughs> so... But, but it's also, like, a, a prototypical kind of choice. Yes, you know? yeah, exactly. Like, you, you do, it's you do see that a lot choice. Of, It's the slasher yeah. choice. I mean, like, it's the choice in Pet Cemetery, for example. Yes, You're yes. a doctor in this big city, and you move out to this farmhouse, which... Which is fucking wild. Like in both versions of Pet Cemetery, they never fully understand how much land they really have, right? Yeah. And then they're like, "How the fuck did you not know (laughs) that you own all this acreage and there's a fucking pet cemetery on some of your fucking land, dude?" Like, that's frustrating. Um, But again, this is a slasher movie trope, right? Yeah. So the person like this is the cabin in the wood, pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why it's like personally, like I I understand where you're coming from, and I get it, and I agree. But at the same time, I'm like, eh, this is just kind of par for the course. But, but listen, point. like I didn't, uh, I wasn't questioning that decision when I first saw it. I'm questioning it now. Yeah, that, I've seen that's that's the thing too. Already. That's also the that's also another thing yeah. on top of that. Like, this is all on rewatch. Yeah, because you know? I'm being a bit more nitpicky the second time around. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the yeah. first time around, you're like, holy shit! It's like, yeah, you're let you know because you know <clears throat> you're watching a new horror movie and you understand horror has this thing where people go into isolation for stupid reasons. Pretty much on second watch, I think it's an even better movie because you really get to absorb the evilness of the antagonist um, of our slasher. He is just fucking evil, man. He's the guy. It's the guy from the Belko experiment. I forgot what his name was. Uh, yeah, me too, but he's also good in that movie. Yeah, he is. Um, But but he, he does such a good job at just being such... A piece of shit, you know what I mean? At just being really good at being bad, you know? Yeah, because it's like, you know, uh, because everything is so tight and because it's so, like, you know, um, there, there's not a lot of explaining, like like you just said with the setting. Like, it's just kind of like you have to accept these things. Yeah. Just because just it keeps going, right? Like, But um, – He's really good at just establishing that early on because it's like we – you know he's like, yeah, we get he's a killer and all that stuff. But then you get like his personality on top of that. And it's just like driving home with each little interaction he has with her that he's just like such a piece of shit. Yeah. Like um, <laughs> uh, one of the clear uh, examples of just his, you know, his violence and just his fierceness is um when he first killed her neighbor, right? Yes. And uh, she's right by her back door. And, you know, he's realizing that, oh, this lady is not is not hearing. He violently, even more just, you know, more aggressively stabs her, you know, more in, in the gut. Her neighbor stabs her neighbor more in the gut, harder and harder, trying to, like, get the attention of this deaf woman in the house. And, and you're like, holy shit, like, this guy is fucking crazy. And then, like, Flanagan is so good at it because he just, like, there's a shot there where you just see his hand stabbing her, like, slowly, and then all of a sudden just like, increasing in speed, and you're like, wow, this guy is just fucking the real deal, man. Um, yeah, because yeah. it's, like, uh, shots like that, like, um, he, we we talked about this on the show before, where uh, he he was originally, like, approached about Halloween. Yes. And it's moments, like, like Hush especially, it's, it's a good example of, like, 
what his like you, you I think you've said this before too, like what his Halloween could kind of take shape around. Yeah, but like you, yeah. you see you see ideas here where it's like the perspective of him looking into the house and she has no idea he's there. And then, like, it's – and then the additional part of her being deaf and you hear, like, the, the sound cut out entirely to, like, reflect that. Yeah, that's great. Like, I, yeah, I love yeah. the use of um, of sound in the movie because he goes back and forth sometimes, you know, throughout the movie to show how she's feeling and how she's reacting in her, you know, silent environment. And just go uh, going back to the Halloween thing, like, I can't even imagine what he can do with, like, a villain like Michael Myers. Like, imagine – if if this guy he has in hush is that intense and and then you give him this other grade a nuke pretty much and like here you go go play with this nuclear weapon like i can't even imagine the shit he would be able to no do sh- with Michael yo, Myers. dude no kidding right like because if the trouble the trouble with mike flanagan like is i like want like i want more of his original stuff yeah like but at the same time, you know, after Doctor Sleep, after seeing like Ouija, yeah, you know, because you're like, like I, because you understand I, that this guy yeah. is treating the source material with respect, and he's yes. like, yo, I want to make the best movie possible, the best remake possible, because it's like I've said before, if you're not gonna tweak something or do something a little different and what's the point you know yeah and that's why he turned down halloween because he reportedly said like he couldn't do enough with it and part of me is like yeah you probably could have but at the same time i'm like you know what he didn't feel it in his gut and it was just like i i understand yeah, it you get it like he yeah especially since he said also that you know his halloween is hush Pretty much. Yes. So if yes. he already did that, you know, I would feel like you would see some similarities in the movie, which is why I'm glad they he didn't do it. Hush is a very it's a it's an underrated gem, man. That's been on it's been sneakily underrated there in Netflix, just hanging out for for years now. Um, and um, if you haven't seen it, you definitely have to check it out, man. Uh, so back to our story here. So this this woman is being fucking pretty much terrorized by this dude. And mm-hmm. uh, another great example of this guy, he's like, listen, he tells her, hey, they're on either side of the door, right? And he's like, hey, uh, you can read my lips, right? He's like, yeah, oh, yeah. So he's like, okay, good. So I'll come in the house when you wish you were dead. So I, that I'm like, yo, I'm sold. Like the minute I remember the first time I saw the movie and he said that, I was like, dude. It's a good line, dude. That and is fucking hard gold right there, bro. Yeah, and it, it's wild because, you know, her being a like a, a mystery author explains right away how she's so smart about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's like and then you get you get a you get a sense of her headspace too later in the film and it's like, okay, this is why she's making so many like smart decisions, like yes. immediately running to all the doors immediately like closing all the windows that would be opened and all that shit which like, it's yeah which is great because if you have uh have followed the the career of mike flanagan and you've seen gerald's game there's a scene yes. in gerald's game that plays out exactly like that if it, if it ain't broke don't fix it you know what i mean like it's 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 that kind of thing where you know it it's clear flanagan too like he he thinks about all the perspectives like it's kind of like it, when she says she has brighter's brain i'm like i who who has the real writer's brain here? Like who who's making these decisions for all these movies for? Him? Yeah, like, yeah. Like it, it, it's it's like you you know because like um, Hush is a great example of having a just 
a clear cut like one on one. You you rarely get them in movies, but like Halloween. Let's go back to Halloween 2018 again. Yep, one on ones, man. The best like that's why slashers too. Like that's why the Final Girl is such like a big deal because it's like when it's finally one on one, then it's like you. It's a true battle for survival because yeah. it's like it's it's one against uh, like one smart person against another smart person, and hushes hushes that to a T because you have the you have the evil guy who's making smart decisions of his own, you know, especially when like the boyfriend of the neighbor comes. Oh yeah, my God, I know. Yeah, and instead of killing him right off the bat, it was more like he plays to it a little bit before he makes his move. You know, and it's it's stuff like that where it's like, damn, like these are all smart decisions that people in the real world would make. You know, it, it's kind of like, yeah, because sometimes you you've seen enough slasher movies too, where it's like, you know, oh, you, the don't go in there, or it's like, look behind you, or it's like, oh, why did they split up? Well, it's like, no, people in the real world wouldn't do that stuff. <laughs> like, of course she would immediately try to close all her doors and windows. Yeah. Like, of course she would, like, you know, um, like, when she finally decides to fight back, she knows where all her shit is. You know? It, it's, it's stuff like that that just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's- also, um... In terms of of it all making sense, it's very, as you said before, it's very grounded, right? So they use it's like a, a very good video game when when you're playing a video a very good fighting game, right? And the physics yes. engine is awesome, where it kind of it denotes real life physics and how a real person would move, right? And how yes, a real person yes. would get hurt. The same follows in this movie. So there are injuries that happen throughout the course of the movie to both our protagonists and, and our antagonists that further impede them from doing things down the line, which I thought was fucking great. Like, like for instance, when she gets shot in the leg with an arrow, you know, she realizes in her head that, hey, I can't fucking run because this guy is faster and he's stronger. So if I run, I'm going to get killed, which is 100% true, you know, but usually you see in a lot of uh, stereotypical horror movies, the person runs and eventually gets caught, right? Because they're too slow. Yeah. So um, a lot of smart decisions were made in the writing of the movie. A lot of smart decisions were made in the movie by our characters, good and evil alike. Especially um, our antagonist, who I can't praise enough, uh, how, how how smart he was by making sure that all possible lines of communication to the outside world were cut off. Yeah. You know, he, he took yeah. all the cell phones, right? He cut off the power. <laughs> He even checks the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Like, isn't that wild, dude? That's like, smart. It's- That's what it is. It's smart. Especially a killer, like a smart killer um, in, in the age of technology that we live in now um, would be you know, would be very well aware of that kind of stuff going on, you know? Crazy how the the, the fucking neighbor's Wi-Fi can travel, though. So that also, yeah, and that also proves also, that that's not that far, right? Yeah, and, you know, if you want to poke holes in it, which I do also, you know, wouldn't she have the password? Because she's been there, you know? <laughs> like, they know her. True. And, like, it, it sounds like, from the conversations, like, they've hung out plenty of times. So it's like, wouldn't you have her password to their Wi-Fi? Like, don't you, isn't that the first thing you do when you go to somebody's house? <laughs> You're like, yo, what's your Wi-Fi password? I know, seriously, right? <laughs> but that, that that's just pokey holes, you know, but that's the stuff that pops out. But maybe but the other kind of couple that, you know, you don't, you don't want to share their password, you know? Yeah, I know. Maybe they're shysty. Maybe they do. Maybe they gave it, her the know? guest password, you know? <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? And the guest password but, um, doesn't work at certain times, I guess. But stuff that also pops up on the second time is 
how similar this is to like a lot of the stuff we've been praising lately. Yes. You know, we we as a show have also praised like a uh two I forget which episode we did it on, but we 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 started talking about how how we want more of like these these women fighting against like these evils. Yeah. And and then walking away victorious and then she even has the smile at the end and stuff like that. And, and, like- and above all else, <laughs> the movie follows my rule she gets fucking she's maimed bro she's maimed Mm -hmm. you know i mean she gets shot in the leg right she gets beat up right she gets punched around smacked around by this dude kicked several times in the gut um her hand (laughs) gets fucking destroyed he he destroys you dude so um there's this one scene where she finally managed to load the crossbow she shot him in the in the in the shoulder outside after she, she after the neighbor was killed um the neighbor's uh, boyfriend was killed so mm-hmm. she drops the arrow out right and she's running back into the house and she drops the arrow she's like oh shit he tries to turn around to get the arrow tries to grab the arrow the guy the killer fucking grabs the screen door, the patio door, and just slams it on her fucking wrist and then holds yeah. the door down and just Ugh. stomps on her fucking hand, dude. And then you hear the bone crunching sounds. You hear all the bone crunching sounds. And then like when she when she's being filmed, there's no there's no sound because she's deaf. So it's it makes a very yeah, contrasting dude. kind of visual when you hear the bones crunching and her just screaming, but no actual like like yeah, audible where voice. she can't yeah she can't scream but it's like you see her go through it and you know it's it's a lot like um and another similar thing like uh the it reminded me a lot of Invisible Man on second time rewatching where it's like it's a lot of that same intensity oh, where dude. it's one it's one on one you have basically like you know in in Invisible Man it's more Elizabeth Moss doing the heavy lifting on her own but here you know here both of them get to do the heavy lifting. But it's like it's you get like a strong film that's anchored by one or two lead performances and like that's it, you know. And, you know, if it wasn't for – oh, man, I'm blanking on the lady's name in Hush. Apologies. You're great. Mike Flanagan's <laughs> wife, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's she's so – she's so great at it. She's so great at just like bringing it to life. It's incredible. Like it – it's just so um, I forget what I was gonna say here, but but uh, I do agree though. Um, it's uh, it's it's really awesome how she was able to use that character and the limitations of that character. The fact that yeah. she couldn't um, speak or hear they she was very cognizant of that um, and of that of those qualities in her character. So everything she yes. did was like she did her fucking homework, pretty much. What I'm saying, she did her homework as an actress and portrayed that character to the T. You get the sense that this is a smart woman who has learned to overcome this this uh, disability, you know, th- that happened when she was younger. And she's overcome it, and she knows how to live her life to the fullest, and she's very dependent and doesn't need, um, you know, to be kind of coddled because, you know, she's, uh, you know, deaf. Like, even, like, you get her sister, for example, calls her and says, oh, we're worried about you. And her neighbor says, oh, how can you live out here by yourself? So, like, people just they seem to kind of underestimate her and she seems to be the kind of person succeed past those obstacles pretty much. And it shows 
Yeah. It's exactly like we were just saying earlier why you were like, well, we were like, why would she go to a cabin? Well, well that's why, right? Like- yeah, exactly. Because the people in her life just fucking, they gave her shit. So she's like, you know, fuck these guys. I'm going to go live in the woods. It's a very nice house though. So, um, oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, With like windows that didn't break. Like it's, that was crazy too. I'm like, damn, you have a fortified house. And like, then it's great. Uh, my wife goes like, oh, why is she living to have so many windows? I'm like, well, you know, she's deaf, so she, she might want more visuals all around the house to just kind of, you know, oh. get her environment kind of, you know, settled. You know what I mean? It makes sense. Yeah. Right? No shit. Like, that's a good point. I just thought it was white lady wood shit. Like, <laughs> Me too. But I was like, you know what? Let me give this white lady the benefit of the doubt. You know yeah, because I, mean? I was like, yeah, because that's white woman. I'm going to be in the woods and take photos for instagram and shit like that you know it's like in mandy when fucking nicholas cage was in the woods and his whole yeah, house is like yeah. a fucking window i'm like no wonder they can see your fucking guys sleeping in your bedroom dude yeah like it's shit like that but that's also a horror movie thing yeah exactly you always you always have like houses with like shit loads of windows but you know it's there's a lot of heavy lifting done by siegel and by flanagan too and she also co-wrote the film i think this is the only one she co-wrote oh. Oh, husband and wife team right there, man. Yeah. She's in every think, one of his fucking projects, too, man. I don't see why not. Yeah, She's dude. great. Dude, you know, yeah, I know. It's like a, a better version of Rob Zombie and Sherry Moon Zombie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> How it's actually, oh, it's actually a real talent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> on both sides. Real talent on the actress side. Real talent on the director side. Except apparently Three from Hell, which you said she, she ended up like... I guess all those years. Well, of being you know what? Though? I mean, <laughs> she doesn't have much to work with or much support either. So, in that aspect, she's the only one who can actually probably act well. You know, I'm not. You know, who else is like Bill Mosley? Isn't really a you know? He's a character. You know, Bill Mosley yeah. isn't going to give you fucking. He's Otis. That's his best yeah. character, Otis. Compared to everyone around her, this is why it was so upsetting because. Um, and three, for, <laughs> and three from hell. I can't really get to a conversation with fucking three from hell. Um, so, I know. And, uh, all right. So, in three from hell, um, we do have an episode about this. So you guys, yeah, can go, go back. check that one out. Yeah, we, we definitely. Have it's it. super disappointing because Sid Haig was supposed to be the actual anchor of the movie, as he was in Devil's Rejects. He was the, the guy who could actually kind of hold it together and be able to to keep everybody in line. Um, and with he made his, it a movie, like exactly. He, if he, not, he made, it's it, just, yeah. he made it a watchable movie with a story you can actually follow. Because exactly, if not, it would just be a fucking B movie splatterhouse kind of shit. And with Sid Hay gone, he does only, as I've mentioned before in the episode in the archive, he does come up in the beginning, um, during his execution. But you can tell he's just like a shell of a man at that point, and he wasn't able to fulfill his um. You know, his role to the fullest that it was written for. So they got some other jerk off that looks like fucking another, you know, piece of southern fried white trash, you know. Right. And uh, and they did their, you know, Rob Zombie, Devil's Rejects, J shit. Um, but So I just – just to round it out to back to Flanagan. Yeah, please. Uh, one, one big question for you, Arturo. So, you know, I'm thinking about slashers. What slasher would you want to see him do? Like, what do you think he'd, he'd kill it as? Man, you know what it is, though? Like, with slashers, like, who's out there? You know, it, like... Okay, like... Like, we don't... You know, you... We don't want to... Like, I definitely don't want him doing a Friday the 13th unless he does the mother. But that's the only one I can see. Because he's not doing Halloween. 
He pretty much said that. And Halloween's done already. They're doing a good job. I don't want to see anything else done to it. They already, you know, tweaked it enough to where it's actually a good movie now again. Right, right. Maybe maybe Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big Freddy guy. Um, I'm I'm going off of uh, those those dream se- like the the dreamy sequences in Doctor Sleep, like the um, yeah you know, like the, the library. And, like I'm thinking maybe something along those lines, playing with them, tinge it up a little more with horror. Like I don't know. After seeing that house, I'm like um after seeing the, the or not not the house uh, the the Shining uh, fuck the Overlook. After seeing the Overlook again, where I'm like you know what. I kind of want him to play around with visuals more. Like, I, I want to you know see what? more of, like, the, like yeah, it'd be dope if he, it'd be shit. dope if he does uh, fucking, if he can do Hellraiser, right? Oh, there we go. That's a wild like fucking a, story that, you know, he can stick his teeth into. And there's plenty of visuals for you there, my man. Yeah, you know what? There we go. I think, you're right. I think Hellraiser would be pretty dope. Yeah, because, like, um, like, a Child's Play has been done. I don't really want to mm. watch another reboot of Child's Play. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> we talked about that one too. Yeah, we Check did. that one out. Uh, yeah. Candyman um, was d- delayed due to the virus. So that was yes. coming out. They did a Nightmare on Elm Street with uh, with what's his face, fucking Rorsatch from Watchmen, right? Oh yeah, Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, which yeah. was uh, very questionable at best because they went too deep into fucking Freddy Krueger. Um, we, I think we've talked about that one too, yeah, right? Yeah, we did. Where the micro naps are a cool idea. Yes, yeah. that was a dope idea. Um, but other than that, they went, you know. Like, I, I get it. They were trying to find a different way to kind of scare people, I guess, um, mm-hmm. by making them a full-on pedophile. But, you know, I mean, I get it. You know, they they dabbled with that in the original stuff, but they never kind of went full-on. Like, uh, maybe maybe he can take on a board game again. You know, after oh, so the, oh, like a Jumanji kind of uh, collaboration, <laughs> right? Yeah, or like a, I don't know what other like horror board game there would be. Like, just do, just do Monopoly. Shh, like, just do, shh. <laughs> do it. Save that idea. Put it in the bag. I did do a scary monopoly. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of horror board games that I can't think of. So let's save that idea. Pad pending. Pad pending. Do it. Oh man. But but, uh, but know, yeah. Again. But uh, you know what? The Hellraiser um, is kind of like a game, right? Because um, yeah. If you really focus on what the movie's about, it's about the lament configuration. Um, this puzzle box. Right, that that when opened properly, um, and opened, uh, the, yeah, open, when opened properly, you unlock the gate to hell. Right, it'd be cool to kind of do more. I want to know more about. I mean, they did, they did do the like, they did delve deep into the puzzle box and bloodline, but it was, it was, it was trash. It was sucks. Oh, you you know what? Speaking of Hellraiser, did like it's got writers and a director now. And- really. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's not it's not Mike Flanagan. But let's see. Okay, so when is this for? Who's producing? Um, Spyglass. According to Hollywood Reporter, the team behind the Sundance Film Festival sensation, The Night House. So oh, it's what, David what Bruckner. David Bruckner, who directed Night House as well as sections of the horror anthologies VHS and Southbound. And oh, okay. He he's going to direct it alongside a screenplay by Ben Collins and Luke. Petrowski. All right. It's also writing the story is David Goyer. Oh, uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> can can he just not be involved in Hollywood anymore? Yes. Yeah, so it's details of the new the new reboot are uh, not revealed at this moment. Details are scarce at the moment. <laughs> yeah, but it's me. <laughs> 
It's being described as loyal yet evolved. I have no idea what that means. I but. don't like that. Again. So, okay. So, Bruckner apparently directed uh, The Signal and oh. uh, some episodes of The New Creep Show. Okay. And the, the writing team behind it wrote uh, the indies Super Dark Times and Stephanie. I don't know what those are. The Signal. There's a couple different versions of that movie. This is one from 2007. So it's, I was going to say 07. I'm so good. Um, what's up? <laughs> That's you the, are good. Arturo. That's, that's the why one you're the face by the board with uh, <laughs> with the guy with, with this white dude with a crew cut and an earring in the front cover, right? Like, yes, it, yes, okay, yeah. So that movie was pretty fucking awesome, actually. I, I it was different. It was different as fuck, but it was actually really good. It's um, it's based off this idea. Where where people are hearing this transmission, and when they hear it, they fucking go wild. They go fucking crazy. So it's like a 28 Days Later, but without where the infection is pretty much transmitted through, a, like, an audio signal. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Um, and they did a version of that kind of gimmick as well um, in this movie called Pontypool, which is uh, – um, it's uh, it deals with, like, this Alaskan um, – or is it Canadian, like a Nova Scotia, some shit like that? Well, this guy, this radio station, right? Um, he's doing his show while this um this signal is making people like go fucking crazy and 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 turn into zombies and shit. So, um, it's a cool oh. little concept when done properly. So those two movies actually have been done properly. So. You know, you know cool. what David Breckner he did in VHS? He actually you- did the best one, the succubus one. Boom. Yeah. So okay, we're I'm I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Listen, it's not Flanagan, but it, you know, <laughs> it, listen, Flanagan had his has his hands tied with a bunch of fucking different Netflix things. Oh yeah, what's he's Flanagan's still next do that. big one? I no, he still got to release the the Hill House sequel. Like he's still gonna do the second season. Yeah, apparently it's scarier and it has more violence in it, so I'm down for that one. Oh, that's gonna be good. Yeah, because okay. uh, the first one was a very, uh, it was very storytelling. You know what I mean? It wasn't as as scary or dark um, mm-hmm. as I thought it would be, but overall, it was a very good story. But it wasn't like oh, in your face horror kind of shit. Yeah, it was definitely like a you know, now that I now that we know it's an anthology series. It, it, looking back on it, it's like oh, this is setting up the universe. Like, okay, yeah, like I yeah, like it's it's dope. Um, what's okay, it? I'm I'm, ex- I'm I'm in for this Hellraiser reboot now. What's okay, uh, Flanagan doing? Like I thought he had another project lined up, like a bigger Hollywood project. Like uh, I think I think that was it. Uh, no. Okay, good. It was luck. just, yeah. it was just seasoned. You know, whatever you got, Flanagan, keep it coming, buddy. Keep it coming. <laughs> he's, he's taking his time, man. I mean, at least according to uh, <laughs> the the Wikipedia, the most trustworthy of all sources, you know, the best source of anything on the internet. <laughs> but he did just release Doctor Sleep last year, so like, you know, maybe that's right. You know what it is? Because we just know he's good money. So like, it's like we just want more movies from you. Yeah, great. Well, maybe fucking you know, Mike Flanagan, yeah. man. Go watch Hush, people. Um, watch Hush on Netflix, and while you're there, watch watch that first season of uh, Haunting at Hill House. Check that out. Yeah, dude. Oh, check out The Boys. Oh, yeah. Right? Check out the boys on, on Amazon. Amazon. Um, oh, I started watching the new reboot of uh, War of the Worlds. They made this, like, this British version of War of the Worlds, like, a show. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, so good. I'm four deep. Uh, I'm four episodes deep. It's uh, a different perspective. You get the perspective of uh, of the alien invasion in like Europe and shit in France. It's pretty dope. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, because because you, you know, got Tom Cruise shit last time. Look, you know what? What did you like? I guess it's just like a, a mini thing to go out on. Like, what did you think of that one? It wasn't terrible. I, I mean, it was a little yeah. long though. You know. Yeah, it's yeah. it's super long. It was long, but, but it wasn't um, terrible. Like, I, people were fucking bashing the shit out of it when i saw it i was like oh you know it was it's not terrible i mean the the alien like ship blasting all those people into like clothes like that that was probably the coolest little scene and i guess what was what year did that come out i mean it doesn't matter but that was like the, that's a cool invasion scene of the little laser turning people into clothes yeah and it's like vaporizing them or whatever but it's like their clothes fly off or something yeah like, it's know. cool and then tim robbins in the basement was weird because you didn't know if he was good or bad and then i'm like oh you want to kill me but you don't and i don't know where you're coming from tim robbins go <laughs> go back to shawshank please no shit, dude. Go watch um the boys. Go watch anything. My Flanagan on Netflix. Um, what else? Well, what else have you watched um in these last several days? Anything interesting in, um that you've peeped out on any streaming? I source? mean, I finished. I finally finished Castlevania. Oh, the Netflix how, series. How was that? It's all right. Like yeah, you know. I'm in the middle of season okay. two. Should I continue? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. See how you're feeling after season two. Okay. Because. You know, because season two uh, will help me gauge where you're feeling about, you know what I mean? Like, cause, so season one wasn't enough. Season two was just right, but also not enough. And season three is too much, but also not enough. Oof. It's tough to explain, but I guess, like, I guess the long and short of it is... In season two, you have, like, one episode that's, like, super full of action and cool shit. And season three, you get two episodes of all this action and cool shit. But once again, it's all at the end. And it's like, do you want to, it's, do you want to make it through ten episodes and then just to get the two action ones? Or, you know, it's more but not enough. Like, season two was, was more... But like it was just enough, but also not enough. It, it's it's tough to explain until you see it. But point is, <laughs> you know, if you're in it, you're in it. Why not? Okay, it, it's oh. Game of Thrones now. There's like it's juggling like twenty different characters and and their their motivations. And luckily, yeah. I'm not in that deep yet, so I can <laughs> drop off that ride. Um, yeah, like you won't be missing out on much, unfortunately. Like it, it's it's cool, it's fun, but also I'm cool. oh man like yeah there's uh what else so uh, yeah i've been watching those shows obviously the boys i binge the boys and watching the world of the war of the world show some stuff on on the wwe network uh the ruthless aggression show um it's five episodes in only but it's really good yeah what else uh I've been finally, I've been, oh, I finally had a chance to play fucking video games, dude. You know, video games are a thing. You know me, I don't, (laughs) I don't talk about video games much because I don't fucking play them because my kids just play all the Nintendo stuff and the PlayStation stuff and (laughs) I just no longer have time or any kind of appetite for video games, right? Except I was like, fuck it, let me get this brand new Star Wars game I hear very good things about. So um, this is why we started the cast a little bit later than uh, a little bit later today because I wanted to finish <laughs> I wanted to finish the planet. I was like, we got this fucking planet so I can Yo, fucking so you're digging do, it? do a okay. cast. Yeah, it's, it's fucking dope. It's dope when you get accustomed to the all the moves you can do as a Jedi, you know? There's a lot of nice. little complicated moves that will, once you learn them, um, it's frustrating at, at times. You're like, ah. But like once you get 
like used to them, you're like, holy shit, this guy's like, this is the Jedi we deserve. <laughs> right, um, right. And it's dope, man. It's um, it's a cool little story. It, it feels like a long story. It's very in depth right now. I'm not even that far into it. Um, I don't even know how many hours I've played, but it's um, it's fun. It was on sale on the PlayStation Store, people. So make sure you visit those stores, those <laughs> e stores. All right, they usually have yeah. shit on sale, especially during times of like, quarantine. Yeah, definitely. Like, get your entertainment where you can, especially now. Especially like, on sale. <laughs> yeah, that's why you you said in the beginning, if it's on Netflix, check it out, because like. What else are you going to do? Are you going to watch Tiger King? I don't think so. Yeah, like, I don't, like, it's, there's other things at to the, watch. Little, yeah, at this point, like, we missed, we missed the boat on it, right? Like, if, you you know how Netflix is. It's like, if you don't catch it in that first week, you're like, you're not yeah. part of the conversation anymore. It's like with Bird Box. Um, I yeah. refuse to watch Bird Box. Uh, my dad watched it and he didn't like it. He usually likes, like, like bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't like, like it. So, yeah, so is like, it good? Because he didn't like it. Uh, no, no. It's like he he has he has a tolerance for for like shit like that, and he he's got a greater tolerance for it. He'll be like, yeah, it was you know. He'll be like, yeah, it was all right, you know. Which is generally like, yeah, I watched it. And I you know, I'm like, it, it and happened. That's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. And that was basically his review. But no, but he didn't even say that. He was just like, nah. <laughs> nah, don't even bother, dude. Yeah, because like, if he says, yeah, it's all right, that means like he watched it and it was a thing that happened. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was a thing. Like He didn't even acknowledge it existed like afterwards. So, And apparently no one else did either. No one's talking about Bird Box. No one's like, oh, man, I can't wait to get my, my Bird Box rewatch in during this Mona. <laughs> Word. <know? laughs> Dude, it came and went in the matter of like two weeks. Yeah, and now's the time people would be rewatching it if it was such a big deal, right? But it's like, not. Yeah, and that's Netflix, though. Netflix has these little gems. Like, um, hopefully by now the, the platform episode will be out. Uh, I say this, you know, <laughs> in preparation for it, but it's. You, like that's one that one's also gonna die out but it's oh you can watch the big you, show show as well yeah it's also gonna die out yeah that is. show too <laughs> it's pretty crappy <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, big it, show. it's not funny. <laughs> it's oh, not no. like I'm not a sitcom guy, but listen, I grew up fucking watching Family Matters and Step by Dude, Step and all that stuff. Like, so I know my sitcoms, right? Yeah, and, uh, sitcoms can be good. This one's like, not good. It, <laughs> yeah, the problem with Netflix too is they give each show like 20 episodes, and you don't need that. <laughs> no, you know what the problem with Netflix too is their rating system. It's like I was saying before. Like now it's yeah. just a thumbs up and thumbs down. Before it was like like out of four or five stars. You know what I mean, like you had to rate the shit with stars, and it yeah. would be like um uh, I hate it to love it kind of scale. Mm-hmm. And now these thumbs up and thumbs down are are kind of fucking with the algorithm and what they show you, and they're showing you shitty fucking content a lot of the times. <laughs> I know, right? Hate to end it on a bummer, but you know. <laughs> I hate to end it on a bummer. But um, uh, what else? Um, hope you guys are staying safe during this time. It's a very uncertain time in this country and this world. Um, and uh, but as always, um, thank you for listening. You can catch us on all the feeds. I need you guys to go on Instagram and fucking follow us. Because I have 13,000 people on Facebook, but only 1,000 and change on Instagram. Let's fix that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start 
pushing out more exclusive artwork and content on Instagram just uh, because the Instagram guys don't get all the fun content the Facebook guys got. You know what I mean? So it's not fair. So I'm going to start pushing out exclusive content on Instagram. The only way you can actually see it is to follow us. So if you want to see that cool, the cool artwork, I share a crap load of cool stuff, follow our Instagram. And if you want to, you can follow our Twitter. I'll be pimping that out more later on throughout the year, but please follow our Instagram. Also, uh, check out the creator of our... um of our introduction music, Glenn Murawski. Um, he's over on SoundCloud. Um, our link is posted with this episode and every other episode. Just, uh, just click on that link and give him a follow um, and check out his music. It's pretty cool instrumental shit. For me, as always, is Nick Valdez, thecombook.com. And uh, I am Arturo Padilla. And uh, thanks for joining us on this episode 30 of The More. And uh, once again, you know what? You know what? Like ever since this, this coronavirus thing started, you know how our, our saying is, hey, it's a scary world out there. But we're here to walk you through it. A lot of people have been fucking stealing with shit, dude. What? Yeah, they're, they're like, oh, you know, we will get through this together. And we will get Aww. through this. And I'm like, come on. Ooh. This is the original. It's a scary world out there. But me and Tex will <laughs> walk you through. Mm-hmm.